amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. And now, the fastest hour in wrestling, your Rampage Review. Let's go while we're young. Hosted by a monster who is fast on his feet. The Silent Monster. Good to be back with you on a Friday night here for your AEW Rampage Review. For September 17, 2021, I'm sorry I missed you guys on Wednesday. Uh, I have been sick all week long. I still don't sound great. I don't sound perfect, but we'll we'll try to make the most of it. I, I was all congested. As bad as I think I sound now, I sounded 10 times worse. So uh, I spared you the, uh, the misery of having to listen to that. But uh, anyway, bear with me here. I did not want to miss two shows in a row. I wouldn't I wouldn't bail on you guys like that. So I'm very happy to be back with you here tonight. And uh, honestly, you know, I could say this. At least if it had to happen, I would rather it happen this week and not next week. With the shows that we have lined up, look at what AEW has given us next week. I would be pissed if I ended up getting sick at the beginning of the week next week. AEW is giving away a free pay-per-view. Spread out over the course of two nights, Wednesday with Dynamite Grand Slam, and then again on Friday with Rampage Grand Slam. The Big Arthur Ashe Stadium show, it's coming up less than a week away. Uh, Over 18,000 people will be there. The largest crowd in AEW history. They're going to break the record they set at the United Center in Chicago last month for CM Punk's debut. And uh, it's coming up on Wednesday. They are taping Rampage the same night. So again, another taped week of Rampage, but that kind of makes sense. They want to tape that show in front of the biggest crowd possible. So Rampage is going to be two hours next week. A little programming note. Next Friday, they're expanding the show for at least one week to two hours. So it's going to be a late stream. We're going to be going live after midnight next Friday. So just be aware of that. So uh, again, better to get all this icky stuff out of the way now. So that way I am healthy and rested and ready to go with all of you next week. I am looking forward to that a lot. What I'd like to do here before we get into uh, Rampage, I'm not going to go into a full review of Dynamite, but since I couldn't join you on Wednesday and I didn't have a chance to talk about the show from Wednesday night, uh, I do want to just talk about it briefly here, just some of the key things that happened on the show a couple days ago uh, before we get into all the Rampage stuff. You know, Newark got themselves a really fun show on Wednesday. I thought that was a very fun episode of Dynamite. God knows they waited long enough for it. 18 months. The people who bought tickets to that Newark show waited 18 months. They were going to get it in March of last year. The world went to hell. And finally, they got their AEW Dynamite. Now, they didn't get the Blood and Guts match. I mean, you want to talk about how long ago that show was booked. When that show was booked, those people were supposed to get a uh, blood and guts match with the inner circle and the elite, and the elite were baby faces. That's how far back that goes. So they didn't get a blood and guts match, but they got Adam Cole's in ring debut, one on one against Frankie Kazarian, uh, which I enjoyed. I thought that was a great way to open the show, and 
Cole lay down the gauntlet when the match was over for the six-man tag coming up on Rampage next week. The uh, Super Elite, well, not the Super Elite, the uh, the Super Click, as they used to call themselves, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks back together again, taking on Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy. So I thought that set that up quite well. Uh, we had MJF as a... Uh, delightful a delightful douche you might call him i thought he was just he was in his element he was in his zone looking down at the ground as he started to talk to brian pillman jr's father you know at least it wasn't randy orton going on television what was it three months after eddie guerrero dropped dead and telling Rey mysterio eddie's in hell i mean at least pillman's been he's been gone for over 20 years so at least it's a little more acceptable. But he got a lot of heat for that, and that brought out Brian Pillman Jr. with the chair. I wasn't really, you know, that was eh, whatever it was, him running out with the chair. What I thought was more effective in building up the match between MJF and Pillman next week on Dynamite was the sit-down interview that he did with Jim Ross. And I don't know what the future holds for Jim Ross as a full-time announcer. Those reports came out about a month ago uh, that he is not long... For AEW was a full-time commentator. He was going to be scaling back his duties. And then he went on social media and said, well, you know, I, I don't know anything about that. You know, it's news to me. But I, I still maintain that one of the best uses, I think, of JR is segments like that. Sit-down interview type segments where he can just go one-on-one with, a, with another talent and try to bring something out of them. We haven't seen Brian Pillman Jr. really have the sit-down interview treatment because he hasn't really had a chance to go out there and cut promos, at least not on the main shows. And I think that there's something there. He's still very, you could tell, he's still not completely comfortable, but I thought that was his best uh, performance, I guess, you know, for lack of a better word. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I enjoyed that. And it's got me, you know, looking forward to seeing what he can do. This is going to be the biggest match of his career. Biggest match of his career in front of the biggest audience of his career against one of the biggest stars, one of the biggest, fastest rising stars in the company. Uh, so it's going to be a big spot for him to be in. I thought that was an effective way to get it over, though. Uh, we had Malachi Black, who I still maintain has one of the coolest fucking entrances in all of wrestling. I give a lot of kudos to him and to, to AEW, the whole production, when he comes out with the lights on, the lights off, the skull mask. He comes out there, it's it's cool. His entrance just looks cool. Uh, not everybody's entrance, and I can name names, not everybody's entrance necessarily looks cool when they come to the ring. Uh, you can't say that about Malachi Black. But I, I watched that segment where he came out, and the first thing that he does when he comes out is he gets on the mic and he looks out into the crowd and he points out to all of his followers, the House of Black is how he referred to them. And he made the comment that uh, we had, uh, what was the, um, the exact expression that he used? Oh, they had an enemy in their midst. That's what it was. House of Black, we have an enemy in our midst. And he points and the camera pans over and we see Rosario Dawson is in the front row. And uh, shout out to Timothy, who just subscribed to the channel. Thank you, Timothy. Welcome aboard. Rosario Dawson is a judge on the reality show, the Go Big show that Cody is on. He just came back. He's back. Cody is back. And he has finished filming season two, I guess, of Go Big Show. 
So that's the connection with him and Rosario Dawson. She's in the front row wearing a Nightmare Family jacket, acting all cocky, showing off. And I'm just thinking to myself, apparently that's the only reason that Malachi Black came out for that segment on TV on Wednesday. He came out because it bothered him so much. He was tipped off to the fact that Rosario Dawson was in the crowd wearing a Nightmare Family jacket because he didn't come out and say anything else. He just took issue with her being there. And then they had her jump the barricade, and she jumped on his back, and here comes Cody, who, for whatever reason, is is coming out through the crowd. Why he was coming through the crowd, I thought that was uh, very strange. Uh, but in any event, uh, I thought the brawl up into the crowd that they had on, on Wednesday was fine. Uh, they had to give Cody something. If that's what they had to give Cody because he's going to lose, then fine. Because that is not a match I think that Cody should win. I feel very strongly about this, even though I understand that he lost the first match. And that's great. He put over Malachi Black, as you should have, in Black's very first match. But it wasn't that long ago. Malachi Black, they got a good thing going with him. It, it won't kill him to lose to Cody, but I don't see there being any reason for him to lose to Cody. None. So I'm hoping that they do the right thing and they put him over again. They can go out there. They can have a nice long match. A lot of near falls. Very competitive, right? The most competitive match that Black has been in so far. And he still wins. That's the ultimate way to get somebody over. Don't just give him a win. Give him two wins. And Cody loses nothing. By doing that, I understand he's got a new TV show, new reality show, right? Roads to the Top. It's going to be starting in a couple of weeks. Cody does not have to win that match. By the way, I'm going to list out all of the matches later on Dynamite and Rampage next week, and I'll give my predictions for each match. So we'll save that for the end. Uh, also on Wednesday, we had Dan Lambert. He was back with his MMA crew cutting his uh, Jim Cornette promo. He had Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky with him. He had Paige Van Zant. Paige Van Zant. I will never complain about seeing Paige Van Zant on my TV screen. What's interesting is that WWE wanted to work with her. They tried to do something with her a couple of years ago, I think, for uh, I think it was SummerSlam, and they just couldn't work it out. I think that was about uh, three losses ago, three or four losses ago for her. She hasn't had a very successful run. Since then, whether it's MMA, whether it's bare knuckle fighting, at least I don't think she has, right? She's lost a whole bunch of fights, I think. That's okay. At least, at least she didn't do any damage, you know? She didn't do anything on this show. She just stood there and smiled. She was kind of in the background, like, oh, I'm just happy to be there. So we never heard from her. But uh, that was the point in the show where I thought they went into what I call shit overload. Boy, they love saying the word shit. Right? I mean, look, nobody likes saying the word fuck or shit more than I do on my stream. Hey, I let the bombs fly. But boy, AEW and TNT, they have embraced, they have embraced shit. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. Up and down the show, whether it's on the announce team, we've heard Tony Schiavone say it. In Taz, we, we had... In this segment, we had Lambert dropping S-bombs every other second. Chris Jericho comes out, and he's calling him uh, all kinds of names, and he's calling him like a fat shithead or whatever, whatever 
whatever expression he used on him. He's trying to get the crowd to sing it. Later on, we had Don Callis come out and say shit a whole bunch of times, and people were calling him a piece of shit. Like, I'm cool with that if you want to use those words on the show, but there's a point where it kind of goes overboard, and then it loses its effect. It doesn't really mean anything anymore. Now it's like, all right, well, now they're just saying it for the sake of saying it. If you're going to say it, I think it should be reserved for a select few people. My opinion. I don't think every segment and every promo needs the word shit. Because after a while, everybody's doing it. It's like dives and super kicks. If you have a select few people who are doing that stuff, it might mean more. But if everybody does dives and super kicks, guess what happens? They don't mean anything anymore. (laughs) So they went into shit overload on this show on Wednesday. But TNT, I gotta say, TNT is not even like, they're not even trying to bleep it out anymore. They're loving this. TNT is in love. It's a love story with AEW. They're putting press releases out every week. They just put another one out yesterday. Four weeks in a row, the number one program on all of cable television on Wednesday night, AEW Dynamite. And they put the demos and they put the numbers in there. They love this. I got to think that there are people working for TNT who are very sad that they're going to be losing AEW. Remember, AEW is leaving TNT in a few months. Was it January? It's not that far off. They're going to TBS. That'll be interesting to see if they lose any of their audience. I think actually TBS might be in more homes than TNT. So they really shouldn't, but... Whenever you change networks, it's always a risk. So I think on both ends, they're probably very sad that they're moving. Have the uh, the NHL, I think, to, to thank for that. But uh, boy, for at least these last few months, <laughs> TNT is... Uh, they're, they're, they're showing a lot of leeway here that they didn't show a few months ago. Uh, they had a segment, CM Punk was on commentary all night on Wednesday. And I knew that it was leading to something with Team Taz. I knew he wasn't going to still be there at the end of the show. Something was going to happen. It was going to be a pull-apart brawl. He was going to get attacked. Sure enough, we had Hook and Taz. And then out comes Powerhouse Hobbs, who attacks Punk from behind. Punk took a rough-looking powerbomb onto that announce table. That table did not break. I don't know what their announce tables are made out of. It's not made out of the flimsy shit that the uh, WWE tables are because that thing didn't have any give to it. So I'm sure that didn't feel too good. That was his first uh, table bump in uh, seven and a half years. But I thought they put good heat on Hobbs, you know, and even tonight on Rampage, there was a very brief video package recapping what happened on Wednesday. And then they had footage backstage that we didn't see uh, from when Team Taz got to the back. And, you know, you had Hobbs, who was just talking trash and saying, boy, he probably wishes he was still retired for another seven years, or maybe now he can go away for another seven years. But he was speaking with such conviction in his voice, just like a total badass. So uh, I'm all in on Hobbs, and apparently so is Big E, the uh, the new WWE champion, who uh, left some love on Twitter the other day. Yeah, everybody was tweeting about how happy they were that Big E won the championship. And, you know, Powerhouse Hobbs, I don't even think he tagged him. I don't know if he tagged him or not, but, you know, he made a comment about Big E, how happy he was. 
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And Biggie responded to him and said, you know, look, I, I've had my eye on you for a while. I didn't write down the tweet, but he was very complimentary of, of the upside that that Hobbs has. And I agree. He's got all the tools to uh, be a big player. But anyway, so that uh, I thought that segment was fine. You know, now it, it, it leads to CM Punk's second match, his first match on television. So they got a big buy rate out of his first match in seven years on the pay-per-view. Apparently that show did over 200,000 buys. A lot of that has to do, I think, with Punk's first match. Now Punk is going to wrestle on TV. But he's not wrestling on Dynamite. They're saving it for Rampage, which is smart, because Rampage is the show that needs it. Dynamite on Wednesday is a loaded show, even without CM Punk having a match. He'll have a promo. But they're saving the match for a week from tonight. So next Friday, we get the match with Punk and Hobbs. Uh, Darby Allen got a win over Sean Spears, and they did an angle when the match was over with FTR coming out, attacking Darby, attacking Sting. They wiped the face paint off of Sting's face. We saw Real Estate Steve. (laughs) I couldn't believe my eyes. I'm like, holy shit, it's Real Estate Steve. It's an old Impact joke. Uh, (laughs) Observer joke, Impact joke. Wiped the paint off of Darby's face. Left the baby faces laying. Now it leads to a match next week on TV between the two teams. And Sting. Here's Sting. Who took a powerbomb through a table in the ring and no-sold it when uh, 2.0 powerbombed him all those weeks ago on TV through the table. But he took a powerbomb through a table. And here on this show on Wednesday, he takes a stuffed pile driver from FTR and Tully Blanchard. Now, I'm sure they protected him. I'm sure he's fine. But still, Sting, 61, 62 years old with a bad neck. Taking a stuffed pile driver. He's taking his lumps. I don't know if it's uh, necessarily the smartest thing, but he's taking his lumps out there. Uh, the real selling point of the show was the showdown between Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. They had their face-to-face in the ring. Again, the word shit got thrown around a lot. You know, Brian Danielson called... You know, Don Callis, a piece of shit. The crowd called him a piece of shit. And Callis called him, you know, he called him a mark. I'm not really a huge fan of of using uh, all the insider shit in these promos like like it's cool. But the point is, they set up a huge match for television next Wednesday. They set up one of the biggest possible matches that they could do on TV next week. Non-title. 
They established in the segment that it's not about the championship. I like what they did. Danielson said one day it'll be about that title. But right now, it's not about the title. I came to AEW. The first person I wanted to get in the ring with was the person who I thought was the best in the world. And they say that that's you. So you're the one that I want. You're the reason why I'm here. And you can believe it because if you've listened to anything that Danielson has said in interviews over the, over the years, he has always been very complimentary of Kenny Omega. He has talked about how the way that Omega, his brain works, and how he puts his matches together and lays them out. You know, I'm sure it would make Cornette's brain explode if he heard this, but he is very uh, respectful of Omega and very much a fan of how he he works and how he puts his matches together. So this is like, shoot, legit, the match, I'm sure, when he signed with this company, the number one match that he had in mind, it was not against CM Punk, it was not against Darby Allin, it was not against anybody, it was against Kenny Omega. And so he's getting the match that he wants. And it's non-title, it has to be, because otherwise this whole ranking system that they have in this company goes up in smoke. You can't explain that away. You can make it a championship match if you want to, but then you got no ranking system anymore. So they said, not going to be for the title. It's a special attraction, which is exactly what it is. It's a big enough match. It doesn't need the title. Uh, And as far as who wins and all that, you know, again, I'll I'll run down my uh, predictions a little bit later. And then they ended the show on Wednesday with uh, Moxley and Kingston. I saw Eddie Kingston apparently deleted or not deleted but he uh, deactivated his twitter i don't know what something must have happened i i haven't been on twitter as much the last few days because i haven't been feeling well but uh, i have no idea why eddie kingston deactivated his twitter i don't know if something happened or maybe somebody can clue me in here but uh, in any event he he is currently offline but he teamed with moxley on wednesday beat 2.0 in the main event with Daniel Garcia in their corner, this fucking kid. Another main event segment on TV with Daniel Garcia. And 2.0. 2.0's been getting a lot of main events too. But Daniel Garcia, whether it's Rampage and singles matches, whether he's in somebody's corner on Dynamite, this kid's been getting a ton of main events. I'm starting to think he'll get a WrestleMania main event one day before CM Punk ever does. But anyway, so Moxley and Kingston, they got the win there, but this all built to... So they were playing up <coughs> for the entire show. I'm going to make it through this stream, by the way. I'm amazed I haven't had a coughing fit yet. Uh, they played up the Suzuki incident. And this is one of the things I appreciate about Tony Khan and, and AEW. They're not perfect, but one of the things that they do, and I thought this was a good example of this, when there is some kind of controversy or there is some kind of Screw up, really, is what it was. They ran out of time the week before. Some people were upset they didn't get to give Suzuki the full entrance, right, so they could sing to his music and stuff. And They turned it into a storyline controversy. They called it the Suzuki Incident. It became like a meme on social media, the Suzuki Incident. And they talked about it on the show. And so they had Minoru Suzuki. They made sure he came out on this show on Wednesday and got his full entrance. He went down to the ring, he got on the apron, he was playing it up, and they're playing Kaza Ninare, and then I see like 65% of the crowd actually sang along to it. Newark! What the fuck? Come on. Come on, Newark. You could do a little bit better than that. 
the majority of the crowd did did play along and sing along to it, but not not the entire crowd. And uh, the show ended with just a giant brawl. Moxley was brawling at ringside with Suzuki. Archer was off brawling with Kingston. And that's how they went off the air on Wednesday. Uh, I thought that if you were in Newark for that show, you got your money's worth. I thought that was a very fun episode of Dynamite. Could that carry over into Rampage tonight, which, of course, was taped on Wednesday, so they were in front of that same crowd in Newark. You talk about a day and night reaction between the Newark crowd on Wednesday and the Newark crowd as it aired here on Friday, night and day. But they were tired. See, this is the problem that you run into sometimes when you have these sort of marathon tapings where you're live for two hours and the show doesn't go off the air until, you know, 10 o'clock. And even though Rampage is an hour, there's another hour of matches. I mean, it's not a ridiculously long period of time, but people get tired. And it's not even that they get tired. You gave them a really fun show on Wednesday. You gave them a lot of your big matches. And now you're asking them to stay. Because I'm assuming that Rampage is taped after. It has to be taped afterwards. And then you're giving them matches that aren't as big as the ones that you just gave them. So, you know, you could tell. The crowd was not reacting and responding the way that they did on Wednesday. You would never know that it was the same crowd they were in front of on Wednesday. But Rampage opened with the Lucha Bros defending their AEW Tag Team titles for the first time since winning them from the Bucks at All Out, defending them against The Butcher and The Blade, who we were told by Excalibur were undefeated in tag team action coming into this match, undefeated in 2021. I believe their record was uh, 7-0, and I think is what I saw uh, in the rankings on the uh, website earlier, because AW updates the rankings every week, for those who care. Uh... We had, by the way, Excalibur, Chris Jericho, oh God, Chris Jericho, Taz, and Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks was actually very quiet on commentary, but that was your four-man booth doing the announcing on Rampage this week, and I still do not understand why they need four people on commentary. I don't know why there is a need every week to have four people on commentary. I will never understand that. Jericho, I thought, was fucking annoying. For the majority of the show, not the entire show, but for a good part of the show, I thought he was very annoying with the screaming, but this is what we're going to get. I thought if he lost to MJF, we were going to have to listen to him on Rampage. He won the match. I cheered for him. I wanted him to win, and we still have to listen to him on this show. (laughs) What, What did we do to deserve that? I thought the stipulation was very clear. We're going to get him on this show every week anyway. I would have rooted for MJF if I knew that. Anyway. Early in the match, uh, Butcher and Blade, they dropped out to the floor. Penta and Phoenix uh, did some cool stereo dives. One went out over the top. Ray Phoenix came off the top, so they almost crisscrossed each other. I mean, we see dives in every match. There's nothing really special about them, but kind of seeing them uh, almost intersect like that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Penta and Phoenix, they hit their double stop package pile driver combo on the blade for a near fall. That got broken up by the Butcher. Butcher got a cover on Penta off of a back suplex. Blade came back with a spinning power slam for two. So Phoenix got the tag. So now he's the legal man. Ray Phoenix tags into the match. 
and the blade in the corner is tying Penta to the rope with his mask. He's got part of his mask, and he's tying him to the rope using Penta's mask, So now, which is actually very clever on his part. So now Penta is unable to help his brother. He can't go anywhere because he can't get himself untied. If he tries to, he's got to take his mask off, which, of course, is sacrilegious. He can't do that. So he's powerless to do anything to help out Phoenix. And he's watching all of this unfold. And finally, Butcher and Blade, they're going for their neckbreaker powerbomb finish. And Penta unmasks himself. Now, they didn't shoot him dead on so that, you know, we could see what he looks like. But he made a choice. I've got to save my partner. I've got to save my bro. And so he takes his mask off. And he goes over and he super kicks the heels while covering his face. He had his hands over his face. And in all of this, Phoenix rolled up the blade for the win. I like that finish. The way it all played out there and him having to make the choice to take the mask off. Uh, I like that finish. You know, match itself was was okay, but the finish is what I really liked about it. Uh, after the match, the Hardy family office, of which Butcher and Blade are part, the rest of the uh, HFO ran out, private party was out there beating down Phoenix and Penta until Santana and Ortiz in their dead president's makeup, here they come, down to the ring to make the save and chase away the heels. And uh, this is all going to lead now to an eight-man tag that has since been added to the Rampage lineup next Friday, which I'm very happy to see because I, I looked at this Arthur Ashe show and I said, my God, you know, there was a point about a month, month and a half ago where I thought, all right, they can set up for Santana and Ortiz to go to Queens, right? Their backyard, and they can challenge for the tag team championships in New York, New York City, maybe even win them, maybe even beat the Bucks in New York and win the tag team titles. And before tonight, they didn't even have a match. So at least now we know they're going to get to go out there. They're going to get a nice hometown reaction in New York. They're not challenging for the titles. They're going to be tagging with the champions, but... At least they'll have a a role on the show. That would have been crazy to leave them off. So they had a very brief, and I mean very brief, video package with Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. And they do this sometimes each week, you know, where they'll say, oh, you know, on Rampage this week, CM Punk is going to be on the show. And CM Punk is not on the show. CM It's like a 30-second video package with comments from CM Punk. Uh, And that's kind of what they did here this week. They had a a very brief 60-second video package with comments from Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. Omega called Danielson the underdog over there. Over where, he didn't say. Use your imagination. He pointed out that he was unranked, and he doesn't think Brian's underdog story is going to have a happy ending like it did once before. Danielson said he's ready to show everybody the real Brian Danielson, which is going to be fun for the fans, but it's going to be scary as all hell for the wrestlers. And let me just say this, because I know some people are going to look at this and go, well, wait a minute, you know, how, you know, don't, don't you have an issue with them giving this match away? And I don't, I don't, and I'll tell you why. I didn't have an issue, by the way, well, not that I didn't have an issue. It, it was it was not the ideal way for Big E to cash in and win the championship on Monday. And I'll talk about this on the podcast on Sunday because uh, there's going to be a lot to cover on there. But 
my attitude towards that, and I said this on Twitter, was good. They want to do they want to do the cash in on Raw Monday night, fine. Because I, you know, I watched that show and it's so fucking boring. Like it actually gave me a reason to be a little bit excited for Raw this week. So I didn't even really mind them going in and doing what they did on Monday night. In this case, with this match, the reason I don't mind it so much. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They, they being Tony Khan and AEW, they ended up in a situation that nobody could have predicted a few months ago. Where they were going to be bringing in not one, but two main event level big names simultaneously you would think if if Danielson ever became available okay maybe they could get him or one day CM Punk would come back and he's more likely to end up in AEW than he is WWE but there was nobody who could have predicted that at the same time they would make a deal to bring in CM Punk and Brian Danielson within weeks of each other okay it was a it was a real coup for Tony Khan to be able to pull that off We know that CM Punk came in already. He wrestled Darby Allin in his very first match. Now he's going to wrestle Will Hobbs. CM Punk is working his way through the lower ranks and the middle card ranks of AEW. He didn't come in and go right for the elite. He didn't go in and go right to Kenny Omega and say, I want to challenge you for the championship. I mean, even his, his first or second week on television, Christian Cage was in the ring calling out Kenny Omega, teasing a possible title match. CM Punk hasn't said a word about Kenny Omega. And you could argue, who's the bigger star, Punk or Brian? You know, Brian is is more recently exposed on WWE television. I mean, the guy was in the fucking WrestleMania main event this year, so I would argue he's the bigger name. But they're they're going about it in two totally different ways. And so if you're going to take the slow route with CM Punk, then you know what? You could take Brian Danielson and you could go ahead and give the people a match with Kenny Omega in his very first match. You don't have to take the same approach with both guys. Now, if they were vaulting both of them into the main event picture and the title picture at the same time, I'd have an issue with that. I think that would would be the wrong way to go. But they're going slower with Punk. With Brian, they're taking a totally different approach. I have no issue with that. And not only that, it's a non-title match. So regardless of the outcome here, at some point, we know Danielson will challenge for the championship. Maybe Omega's not the champion by then. But I don't have an issue with them going into this match because of that. Because 
They got two big names. Punk is taking the slow road. Give the people a big match. This is going to be your biggest show ever. Ever. 18,000 people and counting. They still are opening seats. 18,000 people are going to be in Arthur Ashe Stadium next week. This is going to be their biggest show ever. You have to give the people a main event that would make sense to put on your biggest show ever. Even though it's not for the title, that is a huge main event. So people who were complaining about it, people who were saying, ah, I can't believe they're they're giving this match away. I cannot in good conscience sit here and complain about AEW giving me a Brian Danielson CM uh, a Brian Danielson Kenny Omega match outside of the fact that you know we're going to get a million fucking commercials. <laughs> that is one thing that I wish we wouldn't have here. But that aside, uh yes. I am not going to complain about that. That is a huge match that I am very much looking forward to. And I have to say uh, I'm jealous of the people who are going to be there live. I, I have friends. I know a lot of people who are going to be there. And you guys are going to you're going to have fun. You're going to have a night to remember, I think, looking at this card. Uh, but especially looking at that main event, uh, it's going to be a special night. And as I look at it, well, we'll get into the predictions here. I don't want to give it away. I'll get into the predictions in a second. Uh, we had Anna Jay. We had Anna Jay one-on-one against The Bunny. Anna Jay with Ty Conti in her corner. The Bunny with Penelope Ford in hers. Soon as Anna got to the ring, didn't even get into the ring. She was already brawling with The Bunny at ringside. She suplexed her on the floor. Dried chicken without flavor. Thank you for dropping that super chat. I will read yours and everybody else's here in just a few minutes. Thank you to everybody who's donated so far. I missed out on all that on Wednesday. You don't work, you don't get paid. So uh, I was pissed in more ways than one that I had to miss my stream on Wednesday. But we got our whole crew with us here tonight, so it's good to see. But back in the ring, Anna Jay was in control. Bunny bailed out to the floor, so Anna followed her out. And she got sent shoulder first into the ring post for her troubles. Of course, she... Injured her shoulder earlier this year. That's why she had surgery. She was out for a number of months. I believe it was the surgically repaired shoulder. I Maybe not, but I'm assuming it was. Uh, Bunny whipped her into the barricade after that. Show cut to a break. So back in the ring, Bunny starts working over her shoulder. And Anna went for her Queen Slayer sleeper hold. This is what brought Penelope Ford in to try to interfere. Ty Conti, though, attacked her. She neutralized her out on the floor. And this distracted the bunny. That allowed Anna Jay to roll her up for the win. After the match, Ford and Bunny, they attacked Anna in the ring. Ty Conti came in. And both of the baby faces were laid out with the brass knucks, which is the bunny's gimmick. The bunny's got brass knucks. And she put down... Anna and Ty Conti. This is leading, by the way, to a match now between Penelope Ford and Anna Jay on Rampage next week. As for this match, really wasn't anything special. Tony Schiavone was in the ring. This right here was the big segment of the show. This was my favorite segment. This was the best segment of the show. Uh, I thought the rest of the show was, eh, it was all right. But this right here was the highlight of the night. Tony Schiavone was in the ring. 
with, uh, well, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. I got my Tony Schiavone segments mixed up. That, that came after this. Let's talk about this first. This was not the highlight of the show. I take back what I said. This was not the highlight of the show. Tony Schiavone was in the ring with Matt Hardy, which is definitely not the highlight of the show. He's in the ring with Matt Hardy, who was still ringside. Okay, so Matt Hardy was, uh, he was ringside, very unhappy. He had Jack Evans with him. And he was very unhappy because the Hardy family office now was 0-2 on the night. Butcher and Blade lost. The Bunny lost. Matt Hardy. No bueno. He's not very happy about this. So all of a sudden, he's ranting and raving, and he looks over, and he sees someone in the front row, off in the corner, actually where Rosario Dawson was sitting on Wednesday. I guess this guy took her spot after she did her her attack on Malachi Black. They ejected her from the building because you can't attack the talent. You jump the guardrail, you're out. So they kicked her out of the building. But he looks over, he says, oh, there's an Orange Cassidy lookalike. And the camera cuts over to show this supposed lookalike for Orange Cassidy. Now, people joke with me all the time, hey, you look like Orange Cassidy, right? Oh, you're like an Orange Cassidy lookalike. Then they show this guy on TV. The only thing that looked anything like Orange Cassidy were the fucking glasses that was on, that were on this guy's face. I assure you, there was nothing else about this man, all due respect to him, that looked anything like Orange Cassidy. But apparently he was a lookalike. And this bothered Matt Hardy. So he exited the ring and he went face-to-face with this fan, supposed fan, and he grabbed him. And he dragged him over the barricade and he threw him into the ring. And Jack Evans started putting the boots to this guy. And Matt gave him the twist of fate, laid him out. All of a sudden, Jack Evans pulls out a pair of scissors. And they proceed to cut the guy's ponytail off. And then he gets some uh, shears or whatever. It was like an electric razor. And they start shaving his head. They're, They're trying to shave this guy bald. They only get like the side of his head shaved. And they play Orange Cassidy's music and... The real Orange Cassidy comes off and he chases off the heels. I don't really know what the point of any of this is. I mean, I know what the point of it is. It's leading to what I assume is going to be a hair versus hair match uh, between Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy. Matt Hardy still harbors a grudge for Orange Cassidy breaking his nose on Dynamite many, many weeks ago in that match that they had on TV. Uh, This is going to lead... I, I have... No way of knowing this. They haven't announced this yet, but my guess is that it is building to a hair match. And as I consider the possibility of Matt Hardy bald, <laughs> I, uh, I I don't see it. I somehow think that even if Matt Hardy is the one who was in that match and loses, uh, that we're going to end up with a bald Jack Evans. Just something tells me we're going to end up with a bald Jack Evans. Jack Evans is more likely to be bald before Matt Hardy is even though I think Matt Hardy is older and Mother Nature would probably make him bald first. Although, you know, Jack Evans has been around forever, too. Those earliest Ring of Honor shows that I went to in the mid-2000s, there was Jack Evans taking ridiculous punishment and ridiculous bumps. But uh, there's no way he's as old as Matt Hardy. Can't be too far behind, but he's not as old as Matt Hardy. Anyway, I assume that's what this is leading to. Now we got to what I was referring to before. 
now we got to the highlight of the night, the the uh <laughs> Timon in the chat says he was hoping for Solomonster on Rampage. Very disappointed. Well, I will tell you that if that were me in the front row, wearing the sunglasses and giving the very weak thumbs up, Matt Hardy would not have dragged me over the guardrail. I would have put up a fight. I would have had him lay. He would have been. He would have been uh, on the on the floor collecting his teeth, picking them up and putting them in a plastic bag. Is what he would have been doing. He wouldn't try that on me. Tony Schiavone stayed in the ring though for the next segment, which was a face to face with Britt Baker, the AEW Women's Champion, and her opponent next week at Dynamite Grand Slam, the winner of the Casino Battle Royal at All Out, Ruby Soho. They came face-to-face in the middle of the ring. Britt Baker immediately rips the mic away from Tony Schiavone. She welcomes Ruby to some TV time. She says that Ruby still trying to figure out who the hell she is. She points out how often she changes her name and she gets new tattoos. And Ruby said, I know exactly who the hell I am. She says, until now, I just haven't had the freedom to show it. And she said that Britt Baker looks on the surface like every other broad that I've ever stepped into the ring with, banging some dude in the back. I got a huge reaction from the crowd. I got the biggest reaction of anything, I think, on this entire show. Baker said Ruby had the audacity to run away. She calls herself the runaway. Run away from everything, but she didn't run away from anything. You got fired. Not got a little reaction, and Ruby said, you know what? You're not wrong. You're right. I did. You're not wrong. She said, you know what? It was the best damn thing that ever happened to her. And she said, the problem is that Britt Baker can't see that because her head is so far up Tony Khan's ass. She says that she would beat Britt Baker in New York City next week and take her championship. That led to a brief scuffle here between the two of them that ended with Ruby posing with the title in the ring. I like this uh, verbal exchange a lot. I Not so much the brawling at the end. I thought that was very weak. But I thought the uh, the dueling promos and the burns back and forth and, and Ruby's poise on the microphone. You know, we've seen Britt Baker evolve from this sort of timid baby face uh, into a very confident heel on this show who's very entertaining, I think, in that role. Ruby Riot, when she was in WWE... Yeah, she got some promo time in backstage segments with the Riot Squad, but, you know, I don't remember her ever having this, you know, five-minute promo segment in the middle of the ring, you know, by herself or anything like that. When I look back, okay, what kind of promo was Ruby in WWE? I don't know, because I I don't really remember many promos that she had on, on television. So this was the first time to really see her in this kind of element, and I thought she was great. I thought she had great poise, she was smooth, she was confident, she didn't seem nervous, she didn't stumble over her lines. I thought she came across really well in this segment. And I feel like if it was almost anybody else, I would consider doing the title change. I understand she just came into the company, but I would consider doing the title change, but you can't do it. It's too soon. You can't take the championship off Britt Baker. The person who should take the championship off Britt Baker has not even challenged her for the title yet, and that person is Thunder Rosa. And that will happen. 
if not at the end of this year, the very beginning of next year. In fact, I wouldn't I wouldn't be at all surprised if it happens at Revolution in February. Thunder Rosa takes the championship from Britt Baker. That's the title change that needs to happen. Ruby Soho taking the title next week in New York, not going to happen, nor should it. But I thought she did a very good job here in this segment, and this was the highlight of the entire show. We had Miro putting his TNT championship on the line against Fuego del Sol. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And his new car. Fuego has a new car. He's got a new contract. And he's got a new car that he was all of a sudden showing off on TV this week. You have to be very weary. If you are somebody who all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you're on television, you're on Raw, you're on SmackDown, you're on Dynamite, you're on Rampage, and you have a new car. Don't bring your car to work. Bad things will happen if you bring your car, if you bring your truck, if you bring your child. (laughs) Bad things will happen. Leave them at home. Fuego del Sol did not learn that lesson. And Fuego was willing to put his new vehicle on the line for the TNT title. Title for car against Miro this week. The same Miro who fucking beat him and embarrassed him. In 90 seconds, I think on the very, was it the very first episode, I think, of Rampage? Last month. First or second week? It was one of the two. Uh, I thought there was some really sloppy stuff in this match. I am normally a big fan of Miro's stuff. His, his you know, character work, and, and even his matches. Uh, Fuego, I know, can be very good. I've seen, you know, some of his matches as well, but I thought this was very sloppy. More so on Fuego's part, but just... This was not a good match. Uh, Fuego at first evaded Miro very early on, and he was trying to frustrate him. They ended up out on the floor, and Fuego went for a pescado. Miro caught him on the dive out of the ring, but then Fuego got free, and he sent Miro into the ring post, caught him with a Rana on the floor. Boy, they had a lot of room out there, too. One other thing from Dynamite this week, you know, just the whole taping in Newark. Boy, they gave those guys a lot of room out there at ringside. It was like, I don't know if they were expecting to put more seats in that area or what they were trying to, what, 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 they, what they were figuring, but boy, they had a lot of excess space out there. Maybe they do that on purpose so that everybody could get their dives in. So many people do dives on this show. We have to give them more room so they don't kill themselves. They don't end up in the third row. Or it was just the building in Newark, I guess. Anyway, this ended very badly for Fuego. 
Miro got the advantage heading into the picture-in-picture. So we come back from break, final break of the show. Miro's got Fuego in a bear hug, always an exhilarating move. Fuego breaks free with a series of headbutts, catches Miro with an enziguri. Miro goes for a DDT, but Fuego slips out, hits Miro with a double stomp that looked like it totally missed. Hit a short DDT. Miro blocked a tornado DDT attempt and hit a savat kick, just clubbing him with forearms in the corner, and then a couple of kicks, and he pinned him. Just like that. So not only did he win, he retains his title, he wins a car. He wins a car, does Miro. What did somebody mention Bob Barker in the chat? I, I noticed that out of the corner of my eye. Yeah, it's like he was on the prices right. And he didn't even he didn't even have to play any of the games. He didn't have to play the any number game. He didn't have to play the money game. He didn't have to play the five price tags. Well, I know my price is right. At least the old version. I don't know what the fuck Drew Carey or Jim Carey or whoever the fuck hosts that show now. It's fucking garbage compared to what it used to be. But this was uh, this was like Miro being on the prices right. He won a car. Now he's got to pay the taxes on that car. So you would think that this was going to lead to something at the end of the show. He was going to ride off in the car or destroy the car because I don't need no car. I got a nice car of my own. But no, he won the car. He took the car keys. He stuffed them in Fuego's mouth. He wrenched back on the camel clutch until Sammy Guevara ran down to the ring to make the save. Look at all these people mentioning Plinko in the chat. See, this is how I know that you people don't watch The Price is Right. When have you ever seen anybody win a car playing Plinko? You play Plinko for money. You don't play Plinko for a car. That's why I didn't mention it. All you frauds. You call yourself Price is Right fans. You're all a bunch of phonies. You've just outed yourselves. You're only pretending to be a fan of the show. You, you know, you're no fan of the show. You're a fake. You're a fraud. Shame. Yeah, Joey, it's not, it's not the same. Since Once Bob Barker left, that was the end of The Price is Right. That was it. Anyway... This uh, this match only existed for one reason. This match did not exist to get Fuego over. This match did not exist because Miro needed a new car. It existed because the build has begun to a match for the TNT Championship between Miro and Sammy Guevara. And I like that match. We haven't seen Sammy doing really anything on TV now in a while. The focus has been on all the new guys. Uh, and then a select few like Darby and... But we haven't really seen much of Sammy. So now Sammy is going to work his way back on television into a meaningful feud. And I like the match. And I think, frankly, Sammy would be a good choice to be the one to take the title off Miro. But not yet. I would save it for full gear. It's too early. You got to milk it. You got to drag it out a little bit. Right? We're only we're in mid-September. Full gear is, what is that? Seven weeks? Six, seven weeks from now? I'm going to say Sammy at full gear winning the TNT title. I give that the thumbs up. But that was Rampage tonight. If you missed the show, uh, if you want to see some 
good matches. I would watch the opening tag team title match. But honestly, just watch the face-to-face with Britt Baker and Ruby Soho. Otherwise, you really didn't miss anything. You didn't miss anything of any importance tonight. Uh, But that segment, I would go out of my way to watch. I was entertained by that. Now, let's get into this huge week that's coming up. I said earlier, this is a free pay-per-view. That's what this is. This is a better lineup than All Out. They're giving away a free pay-per-view divided over those two nights, Wednesday and Friday. Four hours. Two hours on Wednesday, two hours on Friday. Dynamite Grand Slam, Arthur Ashe Stadium, Wednesday night, AEW champion, Kenny Omega, one-on-one. For the first time in many, many, many years. What was the when, when did they have their last independent match? Might have been their only independent match. What was it like 2007 or something? Something like that. It was a long time ago. Kenny Omega against Brian Danielson. It is non-title. I look at this match and I think to myself, how, how do they get out of this? What's the finish? How do you end this match and potentially leave it open for a championship match at some point in the future? And I keep coming back to a time limit draw. Now, I don't know what the time limit would be for this match. It's non-title. Typically, is it 20 minutes? I want to say 20 minutes is what these matches would get in AEW. And I think that's long enough without being overly long. For a big television main event like this, you want to give this match 20 minutes. I think if you send these two guys out there and you have some kind of a schmoz finish after six minutes... You're going to leave a lot of people very disappointed. Tony Khan, another thing I think that's very smart about the way things have been done so far in AEW, they could get away with doing a disqualification finish in the right setting under the right circumstances because they don't bastardize the finish. How many disqualification finishes have we seen in AEW? None. I'm talking in in terms of just Regular matches that have decided the match. None. The only one I could think of, it wasn't, it it didn't decide the match. It was one fall in the Iron Man match on TV with Pac and Kenny Omega. Outside of that, we don't see disqualifications in AEW the way we do in other promotions, whether it's Impact or WWE or almost anywhere else. You don't really see them in New Japan either. So eventually we might see one, and then maybe it'll mean more because we don't get to see them very often. You could probably get away with a disqualification finish here, but you still have to give the people, I feel, at least a solid 15-minute main event. So I'm expecting, I don't want to say classic, but I am expecting a great match here between these two. There's no way that Brian Danielson in his very first match outside of WWE in over a decade. He's getting the match with the opponent that he has dreamed of. These two in front of 18,000 people in New York, they are not going to want to go out there and stink out the joint. These, These are two proud men who have reputations that they feel like they have to live up to. That's good for all of us, because I expect them to go out there and fucking kill it. But I think we get a time limit draw. I think that's the best finish that you could do here because it protects both guys. I don't really like the idea of Kenny Omega losing, even though it's non-title, because 
He already lost on television to Christian Cage a few weeks ago. He dropped the Impact title, but he was still the AEW champion. But they felt they had to put some heat on Christian and try to convince people that he had a shot at All Out, even though he never did. But I get why they did it. Up until that point, Omega was the most protected man in the entire promotion, ever since he won that title. And he was being built up for Hangman Page. Now, he already lost to Christian. You can't do anything about that. I don't like the idea of him going in there and losing to Danielson. The more that he loses, the less it's going to mean when he loses the championship. But Danielson, he shouldn't be losing his first match. If I had to make a decision, if Tony Khan, in his mind, feels we have to have a winner here, we have to, then Kenny Omega should win, even though it's non-title. Danielson should lose, and Kenny Omega should win. But I think you can get away with a, with a time limit draw, especially after a great match. Leave people wanting more. Make people, when they're done watching that, go, holy shit, that fucking match rocked. I can't wait to see the rematch between these two. So that's the finish that I see here. I also see post-match, the Elite comes out, we have a beatdown on Danielson. Here comes Christian, here comes Jungle Boy. Here comes Luchasaurus. They brawl with Adam Cole and the Bucks. They brawl either into the crowd or they brawl to the back, right, to kind of hype up their match coming up Friday on Rampage. So now they're gone. We're left with Danielson and Omega in the ring. And who shows up? Hangman Page. The music hits. The place erupts. Here comes Hangman, either to save Danielson and maybe not even save him, but just coming out to confront Kenny Omega. Now you've set the stage for the match that they were building towards before all the new guys came in. Hangman Page and Kenny Omega at full gear in November for the AEW Championship. That is how I see this playing out. If I have to predict a finish here, I'm going to go with that. And frankly, that's what I would do. That's how I would play this out and end the show on Wednesday. We have Britt Baker defending her AEW Women's Championship against Ruby Soho. Great segment tonight. Hasn't changed my mind. Britt Baker retains her AEW Women's Championship. Cody Rhodes against Malachi Black. I'm going for Malachi Black. I don't see a need for Cody to win this match just because he lost the first one. I like what they did with Jericho and MJF, right? Jericho, is, he, he was 0 for 3. He was three losses deep before he finally won one over MJF. I didn't, frankly, I didn't even think he had to win that. Although I understand not every feud should end with the heel going over. You got to have the babyface win at some point. But I think it would be wrong in this case. I think you want Malachi Black to be kept strong. And uh, for him to just go 50-50 with Cody or, you know, just to build to a third match, you know, there's no need for it. So I'm going with Malachi Black. I think he'll be super over, by the way, in New York. Sting and Darby Allin against FTR. Thought maybe that was happening on Rampage. I could be wrong, uh, but I believe it's happening on Dynamite. If I have the shows mixed up, you guys will correct me in the chat. But Sting and Darby against FTR. This is going to be a win for Sting and Darby. 
I like FTR and all, but they're not beating Sting and Darby Allen. Especially not the way that they laid those two guys out on Wednesday. I don't think so. MJF one-on-one against Brian Pillman Jr. How serious are they about this Brian Pillman Jr. push? Well, we're about to find out. If he beats MJF, they must be pretty serious. But I don't think he's winning here. MJF lost it all out to Chris Jericho. It didn't kill him. But if he loses to Chris Jericho at the pay-per-view, and then a few weeks later he goes to their biggest show ever and loses to the upstart, that's not doing MJF any favors. The only way that that works, there's one way that you can do this where I like the idea and it works of MJF losing. If he loses off of a botched assist from Wardlow, Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And so it's kind of a cheap win for Pillman. When the match is over, it leads to a split in the ring. It leads to a breakup in Arthur Ashe between MJF and Wardlow. And this could be the moment. This could be the spot. They've built some tension in recent weeks between these two, which has me thinking that actually there might be a very good chance that this is where this is going. This could be building to Wardlow finally snapping and saying, fuck this, I don't need this shit no more. And he breaks away from MJF, and he goes babyface. I've always said, Wardlow one day is going to be a big babyface in this company. Maybe this is his moment. But that is the only way that I would even consider having MJF lose this match. If that's what if that's where they're headed with this, fine. Wardlow accidentally cost him the match. I'm still going to go with MJF, though, because I don't, I don't think they're doing it. And so he shouldn't be losing this match. CM Punk is going to be there for a live interview. I'm, I'm assuming hyping up his match with Hobbs on Rampage, which is being taped the same night, and they're loading that show up too. The first two-hour episode of Rampage. And here I was so used to the one-hour Rampage format. It's such an easy watch. I come on here at 11 o'clock or 11.10. We do the review. I'm not up overly late unless I want to be. It's nice. And now I can see, I can already see where this is going. This feels to me like they're testing the waters for a permanent move to two hours. Maybe I'm looking too deep into this, but that's what this feels like to me. But for this week, since they're so loaded up, I don't mind it being two hours. It's uh, doing that every week that I'm not necessarily a fan of. 
But we got CM Punk wrestling his only his second match in AEW, his first match on television, one-on-one against Powerhouse Hobbs. Christian Cage in Jurassic Express against Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. We've got, Oh, I guess I should give predictions here. <laughs> I'm just rattling off matches. CM Punk is going to beat Powerhouse Hobbs. I, I mean, I'm not breaking any ground there. He's going to win. And then we need to see Punk against Ricky Starks. I know everybody is creaming themselves on social media about Hook. Oh, you got to put Punk in there against Hook. Punk, Punk fears Hook. Give me Punk and Starks. That's a match I'd like to see next. And then Hook can beat Punk. Christian Cage and Jurassic Express, they're not beating the uh, Super Click, whatever they're calling themselves this week. I'm picking the Bucks and Adam Cole. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston take on Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer. Suzuki Goon reunited in a Lights Out match. They have added the Lights Out stipulation. Apparently every John Moxley match now has to be some kind of hardcore match, Lights Out match, barbed wire exploding death match. He has gone just full-on deathmatch. Like, he's like the the uh, trying to be the Onita of AEW here. Only not nearly as cool as Onita used to be when he would make his entrances. I've gone back and watched some of those matches. Onita used to come out, he would sit down, he'd light up a cigarette when that was, you know, still kind of sort of cool, but not really. And then he would go out there with a the leather jacket and everything, and he would go out there and do his thing. That's what John Moxley is trying to be. He's trying to be a modern-day Onita. Uh, I got Moxley and Kingston winning this match. But it'll be nice to see Suzuki out there doing his thing in, in New York City. Hopefully uh, everybody will be chanting and singing along to the music. And they'll be brawling all over the place. This should be fun. I think it'll be a fun match. But Lance Archer, I think... How could I pick Lance Archer? Look look at the run he's had so far overall in AEW. You really think he's going to win this match? That's why when I saw Brian Cage or his wife was complaining about how underutilized he is, I go, have you not heard of this guy named Lance Archer? Because for as underutilized as Brian Cage's wife might think he is right now in AEW, and maybe he is, uh, I would put Lance Archer above him as far as someone who has been uh, misused or underused in this company. I think his his uh, recent luck will continue. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston will get the win. Have we moved away, by the way, from Kingston and, and uh, Miro? Because it felt like we were going to get another match here. I'm not I'm not sure if they are still planning on doing that or not. I still feel like Sammy though. Sammy would be a better choice. That would be the one to take that belt off Miro. Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Take on Dan Lambert's Men of the Year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. I don't think there's any special stipulation here. I'm going with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Just because, yeah, they're still a relatively new team. I don't know how long Lambert is sticking around for, you know, if he's going to be here for the long haul or not, but they could use a win. Jericho and Hager really don't need it. So I'm going to go with the heels. We have Anna J one-on-one against Penelope Ford. That has been added to Rampage next week, and I will go with Anna J because I cannot vote against Anna J. There you see her in the uh, in the artwork here tonight. There she is, the lovely Anna J. How can I vote against that? If looks could kill, this woman would be a serial killer. 
And an eight-man tag team match. Lucha Bros, Santana and Ortiz taking on Private Party, The Butcher, and The Blade. That's on Rampage next Friday. I'm going to go with the Lucha Bros, Santana and Ortiz. You can't have Santana and Ortiz losing in New York. Fuck. Of course they're going to win. They're going to win next week on Rampage, and that's the lineup. So, yeah, I do think they're testing the waters, by the way, with this two-hour format. I do. I think this is a bit of an experiment, and uh, it's almost certainly, if they if they start doing this, it's going to bring the overall rating down. The more hours you add, the more it's going to drag the rating down. But it could be that TNT wants another hour, and it's not as if AEW's roster, at the rate that it's expanding, that they, they couldn't use the extra hour. Uh, but the show is moving to TBS in a few months, so to me, it's like, what's the point? If that's what's going on here and TNT would like an extra hour of, of Rampage, is that going to apply when they move to TBS or would they be going back an hour? Like, who knows? I like the one hour format. To me, it's an easy watch. It's coming off of SmackDown, you know, which I watch typically. I, I wait until Sunday to review it, but uh, I part of me thinks that this, this, is, this is a sign of something else that's going on here. And look, if the numbers come back and the numbers aren't great, then that could kibosh the entire idea. But if the numbers came back and they were ridiculously high, I mean, I would expect them to be higher than normal because they're giving away, you know, pay-per-view caliber matches. Uh, I don't think they could sustain that every week. But uh, we'll see. We'll see if it's a one-time thing or if they have something else in mind here. We've got uh, two polls up. Which one should we go to first? How about we do that? How about you hit the like button first? Thank you, Oofman. I forgot to mention that. Hit that like button. Let's see what the poll is in the chat. 90% thumbs up, 10% thumbs down on what you thought of Rampage tonight from Newark. And here you see the Twitter poll lagging a little behind that one. 84.7% thumbs up, 15% thumbs down. So again, you can vote on Twitter at Solomonster is my handle. If you would like to go ahead and vote, follow me on there too, because when I realized I wasn't streaming the other night, first place I went to was Twitter. Thankfully, a lot of you already follow me on there. So you were well aware I wasn't streaming. I didn't get as many messages asking me, hey, where are you at? Because you all saw the message on Twitter. I also put something on YouTube as well. But uh, anyway, follow me on there if you want to be kept up on those kinds of announcements. Speaking of announcements, before we even get into your Super Chats, and I'm going to read all of your messages. So if you have questions, comments, predictions for all the Grand Slam stuff coming up next week, lay them on me. I'm going to read them all here and try to answer them as best I can. I make no promises, but I will at least read them. I can't promise you I'll actually give you the answer that you're asking for, but I will read them. Rampage, someone said Rampage is turning into Thunder. Oh, God. If Rampage is turning into Thunder, then these reviews are going to be short-lived. I will not be, I will not be doing that. But uh, speaking of announcements, I do want to mention this. This is uh, very exciting. And I want, uh, if you didn't see it on Twitter earlier, House of Glory. H-O-G, Hog, coming back, born again, Friday night, 
November the 12th, 8 p.m. bell time at the NYC Arena in Queens, New York. It has been nearly two years since the last House of Glory show. House of Glory is one of the, if not the best independent wrestling that you will find, certainly in the Northeast. And HOG has been dormant for nearly two full years. The last show that we ran was in December of 2019. And we were gearing up for another show, and then the pandemic hit, and it has been radio silence ever since. Laying and waiting and preparing, and finally it is here. Hog, born again, November 12. If you are in the area, tickets are on sale right now. If you are in the area, be sure to buy a ticket. We'd love to see you there. I will be back on commentary doing color, along with uh, JD from NY, who will be doing the play-by-play. And uh, I know some of you, at least, uh, if not many of you that are in the chat right now, also watch or listen to his content. As far as uh, House of Glory is concerned, he, he does a tremendous job as a play-by-play announcer. A lot of passion, a lot of knowledge. He does a great job. It has been a lot of fun for me to become part of that family over the last few years. And uh, we always have a lot of fun together when we get to work together, doing these shows, calling these matches. I've had the chance to call some really cool matches before. Uh, I can sit here and, and say that I called a Rock and Roll Express main event. I mean, how many fucking people at this point can say that they've done that? Not too many. Uh, called the uh, the Young Bucks, in fact, their last independent wrestling match against Private Party before you know they they went full time with AEW, uh, among other big matches as well with a lot of young talent that I guarantee you will be hearing about and seeing on your television at some point in the not too distant future. The names of tomorrow today. So I'm looking forward to getting back to work here with House of Glory, and if you are in the New York area or anywhere around there, I hope you can join. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know. I don't know as far as broadcasting of the show that I have not been clued in yet about what any of those plans are. So even though we are going to be doing commentary and stuff, I don't know if or when that would be available or what content might hit YouTube or other places, but uh, it'll be good to be ringside and uh, getting back to action. So been waiting to find out what the date would be. And now we, we have it and I'm looking forward to it. Right. Uh, we got less than two months. It's funny, that falls right around the time of the 14-year anniversary of the podcast. We're going to be doing a special stream in November, celebrating 14 years of The Sound Of. We did one last year. Probably be like an inbox where I take your questions, email questions, super chat questions. Uh, obviously, it won't be that weekend because uh, not only is the House of Glory show that Friday, but the very next night is Full Gear. Uh is it full gear? Is full gear that night, or was it moved? No, it is. It's the next night, I believe. Right, full gear was moved to the thirteenth. So uh, that's going to be a very busy weekend. But uh, we will be uh, celebrating the fourteen-year anniversary all month long in November of the Sound Off. Paul Heyman in the chat. No, I will not be wrestling, or will I? I don't know. I wouldn't tell you. Why would I tell you? We're going to save it as a surprise. You got to buy a ticket to the show to find out if I'm going to be wrestling. Maybe I'll be wrestling Orange Cassidy. Stealing my gimmick. (laughs) Anyway. Let's jump into your super chats here. Shall we? I believe we shall. 
Oh my goodness. Food Hive, good to see you in the chat. Dry Chicken, Bash, George Diaz, Amiibo. Thank you guys for hanging out with me on a Friday night, Saturday morning. Nayef Alsafar, thank you for the $9.99, brother. I miss you too. I didn't go nowhere. I've been here the whole time. I'm not going anywhere. Kid Hunger, I was at Dynamite with my brother, he says. Brother? (laughs) As soon as I say that, look at the super chat that just popped up. Holy shit. Brother! Could not have timed that any better. He says, our sister, brother, surprised us with floor seats. We had such an amazing time. Wrestling is fun again. It looked like a blast in Newark, and I'm telling you, all you people who have tickets to the New York show this week, enjoy it. That's going to be a fucking blast, too. I am uh, I'm jealous of all of you. Bob the Builder, do you think WWE putting Roman on Raw has to do with the fact that they got beat in the ratings for two weeks, and next week's Grand Slam show is huge? I think that there are a lot of reasons for it. And uh, Monday Night Football is certainly one of them. This is the time of year. They they are trying to throw what they can at the at the monster that is Monday Night Football and the AEW numbers, even though it's a completely different night. I assure you, there are people who are, uh, I'm sure, not very happy and are actually quite annoyed <laughs> at those numbers. And so, yes, in a lot of ways, this is a reactionary move. But I will talk more about that match that they announced on SmackDown tonight. Big match announced for Raw. Big six-man tag. Big six-man tag I was hoping for at Survivor Series is instead happening on Monday Night Raw. Uh, But I guarantee you, for uh, all the obvious reasons, if the numbers were not what they were, we would not be getting that match on Monday. I guarantee you that. So make of that what you will. Uh, JN Sermons. I had never saw an Adam Cole match ever until Wednesday, but after watching him in person in New Jersey, I can say that I am a fan. I cannot wait to go to New York. The greatest NXT match that I ever saw. Uh, Greatest NXT match. Greatest NXT uh, championship match was Adam Cole and uh, Johnny Gargano at TakeOver New York. I was in the Barclays Center, and that was a tremendous match. And we weren't even supposed to get that match. It was supposed to be Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. And that was when Ciampa got the neck injury. Cole stepped in as a a last-minute substitute. And they uh, tore the house down in New York. As they say, if you can get over in New York, you can get over anywhere. Jacob Donnelly, thank you for the five bucks. Appreciate it. Honestly, he says, I didn't realize how good of a promo Ruby is. Someone like her is exactly what the division needs. This segment was awesome. Well, the reason you didn't know that is because you never had a chance to see her get promo time in WWE like that. The segments that you saw with Ruby in WWE were these backstage segments where she's in the back and she's with Liv Morgan and she's with Sarah Logan and another woman comes over to interrupt them and insult them and, you know, the usual tired formula that we always see. Uh, You just never had the chance to actually hear her speak. I didn't either. And I thought she did a hell of a job. Uh, Nick Grosso, 
Did you see Dark Side of the Ring cause Dreamer looked really bad. Flair can't see getting hired. Ruby Soho, great segment. I still believe the title match should have been saved for a later date. Hey, Nick, thank you for the 20 bucks, man. I appreciate that. I'm going to be getting into all of the Dark Side of the Ring stuff on Sunday show. Uh, I was going to keep it separate. I will, I will keep it separate for the future reviews uh, each week. Uh, but because this turned into such a big news story... And I don't think it's over yet. Uh, we're going to talk about it on the podcast on Sunday. I'm going to have a lot to say about that. Epsilon Sama, Tony, versus Adam Cole on Britt Baker on a pole match. Could happen. That could be a Rampage main event one day. Quintus Brown says Ruby and Britt is better than Becky and Bianca. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know about... Overall, as a feud, you're comparing the two segments tonight. Yes, I agree. The Ruby Britt Baker segment blew away the Bianca Belair Becky Lynch segment on SmackDown with Mayor Kane. They were in Tennessee, they were in Knoxville. He's the mayor of Knox County. I didn't even think. So I was surprised to see him come out and be the moderator for the uh, final segment on the show. But uh, yes. This uh, this was much better than what we saw in that segment on SmackDown. Uh, Quintus also says, "Hog is back. Can't wait to go to the show." Well, I look forward to seeing you. You'll have to you'll have to find me so we can say hello to each other. Rizzo, I watched Dark Side of the Ring, and all I can say is, "Oh boy!" I would think AEW would put Flair's contract off, would pull Flair's contract offer. Glad you are better. All I'm going to say about that right now is is it's very simple. If you listen to the podcast, I said this at least a month ago, maybe two months ago. Whenever the episode lineup was initially announced for the second half of season three of Dark Side of the Ring, and it was probably around the time maybe where this might have been after Flair had already left WWE or been fired or whatever happened. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, you remember the comment that I made before anybody was talking about this. I said that if I'm Tony Khan, I am not bringing Ric Flair in if for no other reason because the very first episode of the second half of season three is the plane ride from hell and nothing good is going to come out of that episode for Ric Flair. It could be a PR disaster if Tony Khan hires him and brings him in and debuts him on television and then that episode airs on television it will be a shitstorm. That is exactly what I said. And that is exactly what happened. Except, Tony Khan has not yet debuted Ric Flair on television. If he is smart, he will not. At least not for a while. But I told you this was going to happen. This is exactly what I said would happen. And that's exactly how it played out. And that's all I'll say for Temjin Zephyr, what's going on, Temjin? Thank you for the five bucks. Uh, great to see Ruby Soho make her presence known in a two-minute promo than her entire run in WWE. Uh, loved how she stood her ground with Britt Baker. Chris Quillman with the 10. I can't join you live, but I'm glad to see you feeling good enough to do the stream tonight. I'm sure that you had plenty of orange juice. Hope you're feeling better. In fact, I did. I did have a lot of orange juice. You gotta load up on vitamin C. 
French fry slut. Dropping two bucks says get well soon. Thank you, French fry slut. Just seeing your name in the chat has made me feel better. Team Forward. The promo between Britt Baker and Ruby Soho was fire. Temjin again dropping 10 bucks. I'm so excited to be attending my first AEW event. What an event to be a part of. My friends and co-workers are all going and hope to meet the Solomonster faithful there as well. Well, I'm sure we are going to have a lot of uh, listeners of the show who are going to be in attendance. I, I know a few who are going to be at the show. I don't know if you'll be able to find each other, but uh, there will be a lot of people who will uh, who will be there. Uh, ADTR210 ADTR, thank you man for the five bucks he says, sup Solomonster, love your streams what is your thoughts on Dark Side of the Ring plane ride from hell episode uh, you're going to have to wait until Sunday, I'll, I'll do a review of the episode and we'll talk about everything that's going on with Ric Flair and Tommy Dreamer and all that stuff, Jonathan Coachman made an ass out of himself on Twitter tonight, well he makes an ass out of himself on Twitter a lot he was not interviewed for the episode, even though he was, I believe, he claims he was on the flight. Uh, but boy, he was making a jackass out of himself tonight. I, I lost track of how many deleted tweets went up and were quickly pulled. We'll talk about that on Sunday, though, I promise you. Uh, Tuxedo T. Servo. Wednesday was weird without the review. Welcome back. Good to see you are feeling better. Thank you. Uh, Quintus Brown just checked the weather for Wednesday. 60% chance of rain in the evening. Yeah, If you are going to the show, keep track of the weather forecast. I mean, if it's showing rain now, it doesn't mean anything because that could change five times between now and then. Uh, But if it rains, they have a retractable roof. So they could close the roof if they have a sense that, okay, it looks like it's going to rain... Uh, I don't know how I don't know how long in advance they would need to make that decision. It's not like you just push a button and then boom, the uh, the roof is closed. Uh, but if it rains, they'll just close the roof, so it shouldn't really impact the show. Uh, Luis Belmont show, our good buddy Luis uh, said we just had an earthquake here in Carson, magnitude four point six. I am fine. Thank God I wasn't inside of the shipping department at the moment that it struck. Well, that's very scary. I am glad that you are okay. 4.6 earthquake. I, I've been... I think the closest thing I've ever been in, earthquake-wise, we actually had some tremors here in New York. I can remember being in my office and things shook a little bit, but that was... I don't know what that would have been. 2.0 maybe or something. Not the tag team or fucking NXT. Something else I'll be talking about and reviewing, by the way, on the show Sunday. My full thoughts on NXT 2.0. I'm telling you, it's going to be a loaded show on Sunday. Uh, But Luis, I'm glad you're okay. That's very scary. And I see Joey in the chat. Says uh, he felt 4.3 earthquake here in Northside, Long Beach, So uh, hopefully everybody is okay. Mr. Hentai, thanks for shouting my video out. I appreciate it. You are very welcome. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, Kennedy Lawrence Kennedy with the 1999 super chat. It's my 20th birthday today. Been a fan for a while. 
Jets. I just wanted to show my support. Well, it says about an hour ago he sent that super chat in, so I guess technically it's not your birthday anymore. So I missed your birthday, but happy birthday to Kennedy. I hope you had a good 20th birthday. You still have a year to go before you can start joining me for some solemn monster screwdrivers. You got another year before you uh, get corrupted. Uh, Dry chicken without flavor. I'm starting to like Dan Lambert's politically incorrect promos. He rants like Jim Cornette, and his insults remind me of Al Bundy. (laughs) That is good shit. I would love to see an Al Bundy character. I would love to see the Al Bundy character on a wrestling show. Just just bring in Ed O'Neill. I know he's a lot older now, but just bring in Ed O'Neill. He can defeat. He can handle himself. Ed O'Neill is... Isn't he like a black belt? I think he's a black belt in karate, I believe. Let's bring Al Bundy into uh, AEW. He'd be too watered down in WWE. He's got to come to AEW. Uh, Ryan Spies, Gun Club are finally ranked. I can't wait for them to get a title match, to be honest. I was... uh, I was... (laughs) Loop Cannon, you know, as I said that, I, I, yeah, I do know what it is. I, it's his name. What was I supposed to say? But anyway, um, Ryan, yes, I, when I saw that promo on uh, TV the other night, they had a gun club uh, vignette talking about how they're all undefeated. I said that can't possibly be true. But apparently it is. Apparently they are all undefeated, which is uh, quite ridiculous. Of course, it's all AEW Dark and Dark Elevation matches, but still, they're undefeated in uh, AEW. Right, Al Bundy scored four touchdowns in one game. Poke high. Never forget. Should put him in the legacy wing of the uh, WWE Hall of Fame after he passes away. EJ Slemp. The plane ride from hell documentary made me think about how Michael Hayes survived all the layoffs. Are you surprised he is still employed with WWE? I've been I've been surprised for many many years that he has stayed employed. Here's somebody who got so drunk off his ass at Stephanie McMahon's wedding that Linda McMahon had to go over and reprimand him. He made an ass out of himself at the boss's daughter's wedding and didn't get fired. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The stuff with Alicia Fox. I mean, we can go on and on. So the fact that that guy kept his job for so long is quite shocking. He's one of those guys who's been there long enough, he probably knows where a lot of the bodies are buried, like Patterson used to. Uh, Uffman, entertainment. 
I was in Newark on Wednesday. I waited 18 months for AEW. I got my money's worth. Also, many people left after Dynamite. I did not. It sounded like a lot of people left based on the crowd reactions tonight. Natural Scream Thriller. Glad to see you're getting better. Thank you, buddy. I'm not 100%, but I'm a lot better than I was a couple days ago. I'll tell you that much. I just sinus headache like boom. It's the fucking worst. Congestion. I, you know, sounded just awful. Post-nasal drip. All that, all that, all that stuff. All you can do is just, what do you do? You eat chicken soup. You drink OJ. You just lay down and try to rest it out. It's really all you can do. Dry chicken without flavor. AEW production team avoids the wrath of Minoru Suzuki. They are all safe now. For now. For now. Turtlehead says we need some more chill music. Uh, You know what? We'll change it up. We'll change it up. HBK C83. Huge debate at my job about Rick Rude. How good or bad of a fit would he have been for the Horsemen? By the way, glad to see you back. Uh, Thank you. Rick Rude in the Horsemen. Well, he would have been a better fit than uh, Paul Roma and Luger. I think he would have been a better fit than them, but not... I wouldn't put him... uh, I mean, it's impossible to know because we never got to see him in the Horsemen, but... Yeah, I I don't know that he would have been a better fit than someone like Barry Windham. I, I think Rude and the Horsemen could have worked. I think it could have worked, but I think there would have been an issue there because I don't know that he and Flair would have been able to coexist. I don't know that that would have worked. Them having to share the spotlight with Flair being the the primary guy and Rude having to take a back seat. I could see that being an issue for him. Uh, Level 20, Facto Tomb, thank you for the five bucks. Going to be at Arthur Ashe this Wednesday. It will be dope. EJ Slemp, I think the Omega Bryan match will be the first Danielson match. Meltzer will give five stars. Do you agree? How shocking is it that he doesn't have one? Uh, it's pretty surprising, but I I wouldn't go that far. They have to see how the match plays out. You know, it's a it's a non-title TV match. They might they might give it twelve minutes with uh with a bad finish. I mean, you never know. You have to. I don't want to prejudge the match and call it a classic because then when it doesn't live up to the expectations, I'm going to be disappointed. Uh, so I'm, I'm just got, kind of going into it fresh, just trying to let it play out, and we'll see how it is. And I'll I'll be the judge of that on the stream next Wednesday. It's going to be a fun stream. Should have a big night here on the channel. Wednesday and Friday for both shows. Uh, EJ, again, do you think Full Gear could be held at the Dome at America's Center, the Rams' old stadium in St. Louis? That's why the venue has not been announced yet, possibly. They were. I heard last. I heard they were looking at. Uh, I think maybe Minneapolis, maybe or something. That I haven't heard anything new in the last uh, week or so about a possible location. Was it originally going to be in St. Louis? Because I don't believe it's going to be in St. Louis at all now. I think they're looking at a totally different place. But they haven't made any official announcement yet, so I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. Ryan Spies, Britt against Rosa. Three. Should be another exploding barbed wire death match. No, it should. 
Dry Chicken, if Omega versus Danielson was an unsanctioned or lights-out match, I would put Danielson over. In a regular match, Omega gets a controversial win. Yeah, I would do time limit draw, and if somebody has to win, then Omega needs to win that match. Omega goes over. Boots dropping five bucks. When I was in preschool, uh, I knew the school bus was on its way when the Price is Right ended. I would run down the street and the bus would show up. Well, did you hear the uh, the Price is Right fail horn when you stepped on the bus? Or you're talking about the theme song to the show? I see. Uh, Amiibo going to Grand Slam. Can't wait. Have fun, brother. It's going to be a very fun night, I think, to be there live. Uh, Gooch Suplex Hole. Do you think WWE should move the War Games match to Survivor Series instead of the traditional one? I don't know what you mean. The traditional one? Well, I assume he's asking, should they take the War Games match away from NXT and put it on Survivor Series? Uh, yes, they should have done that years ago when I first suggested it on the podcast. Like, literally seven or eight years ago. <laughs> I mean, maybe longer, frankly. I, I made that very suggestion on the podcast at least six or seven years ago. Probably, like, eight years ago. Something like that. I said, you have war games at Survivor Series. If you think the elimination format is played out, there's your new substitute. There's your new attraction for Survivor Series. Raw versus SmackDown, War Games 5 on 5 in Survivor Series. Something is on the line, whether it's a draft pick, whether it's number 30 in the Royal Rumble, title shot for the for the person who gets the winning fall for their team. Whatever whatever the reward is, War Games at Survivor Series always made sense to me. And it never made sense to me that WWE never used the, the match at all. So I still feel the same way I felt all those years ago. War Games at Survivor Series makes all the sense in the world. But if you're WWE, you don't need War Games and Elimination Chamber. You either do one or the other. And by now they've already established the Elimination Chamber as sort of their thing, so... Yeah, the War Games thing, as far as the main roster goes, that that ship sailed a long time ago. Yeah, no, I made that suggestion years ago, hoping they would do it, and they never did. It took Triple H finally probably arguing for it for so long to get them to do it in NXT, at least. Uh, Dry Chicken Without Flavor, I will reveal my G1 Climax 31 prediction next week. Can't wait. I'm on the edge of my seat, waiting in anticipation. Paul Heyman, instead of Charlotte's dad managing Andrade, what if AEW, for old times' sake, brought in Armando Alejandro Estrada? I don't even think he's in the wrestling business anymore. I, for all I know, he may not want to do it. I don't even know what he's up to these days. Future Endeavored is uh, headed out. Brother, I'm, I'm sorry you don't feel good, man, but thank you again for the uh, illustration. I know you're going through a rough time right now, so I hope you feel better. Thank you again. That was an amazing piece of work you put together there, and I appreciate you for it. So feel better, man. 
Uh, Turtlehead, Eli was only over in New York. Maybe Dark Side of the Ring was why WWE let Flair walk. Uh, Kurt Angle said that he and Vince wrestled on the plane. Why mention... This is a weird... Turtlehead, are you... Are you sober? Eli was the only one over in New York. Eli. I have no idea who you're talking about. Who's Eli? Um, As far as Kurt, uh, he was wrong. He misremembered. Kurt Angle, I've seen so much written about this. Kurt Angle did not wrestle Vince McMahon on the plane ride. That was a different plane ride from hell. Plane Ride from Hell became the name that people ascribed to this particular flight in 2002. The flight that Kurt was thinking of was in 2001. Because the same night of the plane ride, or the same day of the plane ride from Hell from the UK back to the States, Kurt Angle, I believe, was in Florida at a house show. I think it was a SmackDown house show. He's conflating it. He's misremembering. He was not on that flight. He might think he was on that flight. He is incorrect. He is not on that flight. There's evidence to prove he was not on that flight. Eli Manning, okay. Well, you have to see how the fuck am I supposed to know that? Like I like I'm like I'm some big Eli Manning fan. More of a Peyton fan myself. Uh Rizzo, I went on Peacock and maybe I'm missing, but I think Peacock pulled that WWE story time that talked about that incident. Ugh. Again, there, there's so much. This just aggravates the shit out of me. It's not your fault, but I, I saw that on social media today as well. Oh, WWE, they did a story time episode where Ric Flair, they, they basically did this humorous cartoon reenactment of the plane ride from hell. That was not a reenactment specifically of the plane ride from hell. Ric Flair had a reputation for years, going back to the 1980s. Going back to the horseman days of stripping down naked on an airplane and wearing only his robe. That was not the first time he did it. Probably wasn't the last time he did it in 2002. So that story time episode, I don't believe, was specifically reenacting the plane ride from hell. They would not do that. They would not specifically single out what was an embarrassing incident for them that probably cost them some money in the settlements, by the way. That was something that was commonplace with Ric Flair, as we are all well aware of now. Although this was a little bit different based on uh, what the flight attendant had to say. This was not just Ric Flair walking around swinging his dick around. This was Ric Flair allegedly grabbing a woman's hand and putting her hand on his cock. That's a little bit different than walking around naked in your robe which is what that story time episode was reenacting. And I by the way I saw that and I love how in in the uh in the cartoon you know of course it's played up for laughs and it's like six different flight attendants who were all like, "Oh Rick, you know, take your clothes off and put your robe on." I'm sure, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I I'm sure all of those flight attendants over the many many years that he has done that Every single one of them, they just couldn't wait to see fucking 48 or 52-year-old Ric Flair with his fucking, you know, you know, his fucking saggy skin and everything. Oh, please take your clothes off and walk around with your robe on. Oh, I can't wait to see this. Like, please. that They were not specifically talking about that one flight. 
They may have pulled the episode. It is possible they pulled it because now it just it's in poor taste to keep it up and they don't want to get, you know, heat for it, so let's take it down. I mean, they pulled down Hulk Hogan's old cartoon. And, you know, when he got popped for the uh, the leaked video of him using the racial slur and everything, and even since Hogan came back to the company, they haven't put Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling back up on Peacock. They took that shit down, and they never put it back up. So it wouldn't shock me if they pulled that episode of Storytime. Uh, King of Doug style. Glad you were feeling better. Uh, thank you for fighting through it for us tonight. Hit that like button. I remind you, he watches Raw so we don't have to. Always remember that, yes. I do, in fact. I watch Raw so that you people don't have to. Although you're probably going to want to this week with that match that they announced. The uh, the bloodline against the the New Day. Uh, Kyle. Kyle Mayer with the 999 Super Chat. Thank you, Kyle. Do you appreciate any attendance... Or do you anticipate any attendance issues with the VAX requirements? There's thousands of secondary market tickets that are available. Uh, I don't see any issues. I mean, the worst thing that happens is that instead of having 18,000, they'll have 15 or 16,000. It's still going to be the biggest audience they've ever had. When it comes showtime, uh, those enough of those tickets are going to go. Even if it's for dirt cheap, you will not have... Uh, Three, three or four thousand tickets that are still out there by the time we get to the show on Wednesday. So I don't anticipate any issues at all. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, as far as that goes. Now, as far as entrance into Arthur Ashe Stadium, uh, if they have to check every single person, which they're going to, for proof of vaccination my advice to you by the way if anybody is watching this right now and you are planning on attending on wednesday get there early uh because when they had the u.s open there a few weeks ago it was a fucking shit show it was all over the news there was just a horde of people waiting to get into the building because they have to check each person for their proof of vaccination i would hope that they have since streamlined that process hey tony Shout out to Tony. What's going on, Tony? I would hope they've streamlined the process now, but I'm going to assume they have. So if you don't want to get stuck in any of that stuff, get there early. Get there early and make sure you got proof of vaccination. I've got my... uh, I don't like taking the card with me because it's just going to get bent. But in New York, we have this Excelsior Pass. It's right there on your phone. You scan it in. 
I mean, you can't even get into the gyms now in New York. As of the beginning of this week, you know, you have to scan your uh, card or show proof of vaccination or you're not going to be allowed in. It's very simple. Boom, they scan it. Boom, you're done. You don't have to show it each time. It's very easy. I don't anticipate any issues. Uh, but if you don't have it, you don't get in. It's that simple. You got to play but you got to play by the rules. You want to go to the show, you got to show proof otherwise you're not getting. It. That's the way it works. Uh Turtlehead, sorry my last chat looks like I failed English. Yeah, it does. It looks like you've got some uh I don't know. You've got uh, some kind of uh, issue with your keyboard or something because it it took me longer than it should have to decipher what you were trying to say there in that super chat. Uh Quintus Brown uh, some of my friends felt that Cole and Gargano match from TakeOver 25 was better than the one in Brooklyn. Well, different strokes for different folks. I disagree. But if they like that match better, more power to them. Uh, Epsilon Sama about Dark Side of the Ring. Nothing new about Flair came out. He had a show... About all the crazy stuff he did back then on ESPN and much bigger channels, so he be back. Nobody is saying that it's it's new stuff, but it gets dredged up. It's a bad look. And the story isn't even so much about what Flair... We already knew Flair was uh, kind of scummy. I mean, you'd have to have your head buried in the sand or you'd have to have your head buried up your fucking ass uh, to not know that Ric Flair is a bit of a scumbag. Okay, I mean, he's had a lot of stories about him, and I'm not just talking about him walking around naked in his robe or harassing people or anything like that. I mean, that's one part of it, but, you know, even just the way he kind of fucked over Ring of Honor, the way he fucked over high spots, like, you know, on on money stuff. He's not exactly a squeaky clean, nicey-nice guy. You're right. That's not new. Everybody should know that. And if not, you can go online and you can educate yourself. Because it's all out there. The bigger issue is the way that it was treated on this show in modern day by certain people. Especially Tommy Dreamer. Who uh, realized, I think, today the error of his ways and the way that he handled that whole thing. Quite shocking, I have to say, for somebody who I believe has... uh, Do you have twins? I don't know if he has twins or not, but I know he's got girls. And uh, I can only imagine... If uh, you were interviewing Tommy Dreamer and said to him, oh, interesting, your, your reaction to the Flair stuff. And, uh, well, Tommy, let me ask you a question. What if what if somebody had walked up to one of your daughters in nothing but a robe and took their hand and put it on their cock? How would you react to that? Right? It's just styling and profiling, though, right? Uh, dry chicken without flavor. It's great to see Private Party, Proud and Powerful, and Eddie Kingston getting TV for AEW Grand Slam. Uh, Nick Garza. Hey, Solomon, sir. I was wondering if you plan on making a review for Halloween Kills. I really enjoyed your Halloween 2018 review. Uh, I would like to. I'm going to try to do that. Uh, even if it's just for channel members. You know, even if that's if it's just limited to that audience, I'll I will I will try to do a review for that movie, uh, provided I I have the time to do it. I would like to, 
uh, because I will definitely be seeing it next month. I am very much looking forward to it. I've been waiting over a year for this movie to come out. It was supposed to come out last year, and it got delayed. Super Game and Chill Bros with the $5 Super Chat. Popped in to check on you. Good to see you're doing better. Couldn't get to any wrestling tonight because I got stuck doing the overnight shift. Well, that sucks. Make sure you watch the Britt Baker segment with Ruby Soho from Rampage tonight. SmackDown, for the most part, pretty much sucked from what I saw. So you didn't miss much there. The complete opposite of the show they gave us last week. Mario DeRose, are you a UFC fan? I think you probably are, since it's the natural progression from WWF. I am a casual UFC fan at best. I used to be more of a UFC fan years ago. Honestly, not so much now. Very, very casual at best. My my brother is really the MMA fan. So, uh, you know, when he orders a pay-per-view, I will, I will watch the big fights, but that's about it. I couldn't, really, I couldn't really tell you anything that's going on there right now at the moment. Jeffrey Hall with the $5 Super Chat. Thank you, Jeffrey. Are you going to Grand Slam? No, I will be here streaming live for all of you on YouTube. Grawl with the tell that Grawl. There it is. G-H-R-A-W-L. Grawl. $10 Super Chat. Hey, Solomonster, how are you? I'm doing okay. I feel like I've actually uh, gotten better as the stream has gone on here. I feel better. Uh, although I am starting to burn up here under these lights. I see you're feeling better. I listen to your podcast every time I head off to work and back... I was sad and concerned when you got sick. Cheers, brother. Yeah, a lot of people were because I don't I don't miss show, I don't like missing shows. I fucking hate it. I hate missing whether it's the Sunday show, which I, I never miss, uh, or streams or anything like that. I, I just I don't like doing it. So when there is no show, <laughs> people think I'm I'm either dead or I'm you know kidnapped and being held for ransom or something by an obsessed fan or, or something like that. But uh, no. I got sick. I don't know how I got sick either, by the way. I'm still puzzled by this. I wasn't around anybody who had a cold. I go out, I wear a fucking mask. Which is why I haven't been sick in a year and a half. It's been great. <laughs> I'm going to wear a mask forever. <laughs> it's the only way I don't get sick. I used to get colds every other week, it felt like. I haven't had a cold since the beginning of January of last year before I went on that Jericho cruise. I've been fine. All of a sudden, I got hit by the worst head cold I have had in years. Years. Fucking sucked. Jose Leanos getting hammered because my angels lost. Glad to see you're doing better. Can't wait for Wednesday. Thank you, Jose. D Spaceman in the chat says, is your brother a wrestling fan? Uh, he is. Not as much as he used to be. Uh, but he is. Food High. The Dan Lambert promo on Dynamite is now added to my favorite funny moments of AEW. Add it next to the Butcher and the Blade. Uh, and Tony Khan 9 Day. You're never going to let that 9 Days thing go, are you? He's going to put that on his epitaph on his tombstone. Nine days. People are going to walk by his tombstone in the cemetery. What the fuck does that mean? Nine days. Nine days. 
Uh, Tuxedo T Servo in the chat says, been a bad cold summer. Immune systems are not used to having to work. I guess not. I got off easy, though. Hey, what was it? Uh, 20 months. 20 months of not getting sick. That's rare for me. 20 months of not getting sick. I guess it, I guess it had to end at some point, right? I wish I could find the little bastard who got me sick. Usually it's some little kid. I'm over at like a cousin's house or something. Kids are running around. They're sneezing and they're coughing and they're going like this and they're wiping their their friggin' noses on their hands and they're all full of germs and stuff. And then the next day, I start coughing. I start sneezing. Fuck. Ricky Edmond, do you think Becky Lynch wants to be healed because her man is healed? Well, she is the man. Becky is the one who wears the pants in that relationship. She's the heel. She's the man. Not the heel. She is the heel, I guess. Trying to be. But she's the man. No, I think she just she just wanted to try something different. I think she probably saw Roman Reigns was having so much fun with it. And she's like, well, I, I could do the same thing. All right. Uh, Food Hive again. No, I read Food Hive. I had missed Ricky, so I got to Ricky. Thank you, Ricky. Paul Heyman. Do you think Joey Ryan's career deserves the dark side of the ring treatment? Uh, I do. You could do a whole episode on him alone. Although, honestly, I don't really have any interest in in seeing anything with uh, Joey Ryan. I didn't have... To be fair, I've always been consistent in this... I wasn't a big Joey Ryan fan even before he was outed as being a giant dick. I never I never got his shtick. Didn't do anything for me. Good riddance. Marcus the Entertainer, Dark Side of the Ring, Jerry Lawler. Ooh. You could definitely get some content out of that one, that's for sure. You ever see those notes that he wrote? to the, uh, was it the jury or the judge? In the, uh, the, the, the charges against him, the, the, the sodomy, the rape and sodomy stuff. Um, gotta look into that. And the, uh, the notes and the letters he wrote, it's, uh, everything, everything, I know everything got dropped, but, uh, yeah. I don't know about that. Uh, Jason Case, buy or sell on the better dream match. Young Bucks versus Roderick Strong and Austin Aries or Lucha Bros against Eddie and Rey Mysterio. Oh, well, Lucha Bros. Lucha Madness in the chat. I love you too, brother. Uh, no, I'm buying on Lucha Bros against uh, Eddie and Rey all day long. Hell yeah. And I think this is the uh, final one. I think we're all caught up. Now, Chambly Games drop in 1999. Glad to see that you are feeling better. It looks like New York and Chicago is getting all of the good AEW shows. I'm waiting for that day that they finally come to the Bay Area. They will work their way out there at some point. I think they would have already been out there were it not for COVID. They would have already been in the UK, I think, were it not for COVID. And uh, Tony Khan has talked about wanting to make, was it Craven Cottage? Is that what it is in, in London? Wanting to make that their their UK home. So eventually they'll they'll make their way out to all of these places. I mean, they do make their way out west when they had when they were out in Vegas for the uh, you know, first double or nothing and then they haven't been able to go back. 
So I think it's just a matter of waiting it out. By now, they would have already been out there, and they would have had international tours and stuff. And COVID just screwed everything up. It screwed up everybody's plans. So, anyway, thank you guys for all of the super chats. I appreciate it. That was fun. I told you I'd read them all. So, look, I know a lot of you... Uh, hopefully not too many of you, because I want to see you right here in the chat on Wednesday. But I know some of you, at least, are going to be live in New York uh, at Arthur Ashe Stadium next Wednesday. I hope you guys have a great time. It's going to be a hell of a show. I'm very much looking forward to these AEW shows next week. And I will be here, I promise, all healthy and 100% ready to go. I will be here as soon as the show goes off the air, as I am every week, with your full recap for Dynamite on Wednesday, and then again for Rampage Live next Friday. So I'm going to have a full recap of both shows, and we'll go through the good, the bad, the ugly. Hopefully there is very little bad and no ugly on those shows. And Looking at the lineup, there shouldn't be too much of that anyway. So it's going to be good. And uh, what do we got here? What do we got here? Kevin Velasquez with $5 Super Chat. Dan Lambert said that a... No, that's Food Hive. Kevin says, yeah, I don't even like Denise... Oh, come on. You got to be nice. You got to be nice. There's a lot of very nice people in this uh, podcasting community. I haven't had the chance to meet all of them. I don't know all of them. I know many of them. And uh, they're good people. Chadwick, have a good night, man. Uh, Food Hive, Dan Lambert said that a five foot eight, one hundred and forty nine pound dork gonna do twenty two super kicks, climb three levels to the highest balcony, do a backflip on six tables, and then kick out at two. That is indeed what he said. Are you are you asking me to to uh, are you asking me to verify? Like that's exactly what he said. He's doing the Jim Cornette shtick. I wouldn't be surprised if, if he just listens to Cornette and then cherry picks certain things and puts them in his promo. If Cornette did not have the uh, level of vitriol that he has for Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, I believe that he would be willing to do business with Tony Khan. And I do believe that if he were to come in as a heel manager doing this shtick, he would have more heat than anybody in that entire company. He might he would probably have more heat than anybody in the business. But he hates them so much. <laughs> it is just the antithesis of what he views as pro wrestling. It is the antithesis of everything that he was brought up believing that wrestling is and should be. Uh, there are still people convinced that one day he will take a whole bunch of money to go work for AEW. And I, I'm telling you right now, that will never, ever happen. He will, he would just as soon start a, a new podcast with Vince Russo before he ever goes to work for a company that employs Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. I don't know what they ever did to him. I guess with Omega, is it, is, is it the, uh, the blow-up doll stuff? Is that what it is? Or the, the nine-year-old girl, eight-year-old girl, whatever it was? I don't know what the Bucks ever did to him, but boy, the level of of just hate it uh, it ain't happening. So if you are someone who is 
hanging on to hope that one day it will. Don't bother. All right, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to let you guys go to bed. It's 1.20 in the morning here on the East Coast. Uh, thank you for all the nice messages. Again, I'm sorry I missed the stream on Wednesday. I hated to miss it, but uh, believe me, it was for the better. Sounded bad. I looked bad. I felt bad. But we're back. And next week, it's going to be a huge week. I hope you guys will tune in and join me for it. Be well. Stay safe. Have yourselves a fantastic weekend. And I will see you right... Oh, well, first, I'll see you on Sunday, episode 722. We'll talk Dark Side of the Ring. We'll talk Big E cashing in Money in the Bank. We'll talk NXT 2.0. We'll talk whatever other breaking news might pop up tomorrow. We'll talk about all that stuff. And then back again on Wednesday for Dynamite Grand Slam. Until then, take care, guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.